Hello and welcome to the Business Spotlight interview series. I am your host, Barry McDonald, and today I am joined by Michael Brown, co-founder of Brightline. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. Would you like to kick things off with a brief overview of what your company does and what you do? Of course, yeah. Thanks for having me on today, Barrett. Um, so yeah, I'm Mike Brown, one of the co-founders of Brightline CPA. We're an all-virtual accounting firm uh, based here in Canada. Most of the team is in Halifax, Nova Scotia. So we uh, provide full-service accounting services to our clients who are mostly in Atlantic Canada, but we also have clients who are in Ontario and, and further west of that as well. So we do everything from your, your bookkeeping to your taxes, but we try to approach it in a different manner. So we're also doing a lot of uh, business advisory type services and uh, some tech advisory stuff as well. That's awesome. Sounds like a good complete package. So um, what would you say, uh, when we were talking offline, you said it's been just over two years that you guys have been in operation. What yeah. would you say you've discovered are some of the common misconceptions about running a business and how do you address them, especially where you're experiencing a lot of different business owners in your accounting world? Yeah, for sure. Well, it's it's nice because what I've learned through working with all these business owners is that um, there's a lot of similarities uh, in business, regardless of what type of business you're running or what industry you're working in. And so there's a lot of the same misconceptions um, for for business just in general, not just pertaining to like, you know, our accounting firm or anything like that. Uh, I'd say probably the, the thing I've, the thing I would focus on there is um, as a business owner, you don't know everything and you're also not the best person to do everything. Um, I feel like a lot of people really struggle with that concept. Like as the owner, they feel like they're kind of the last stop for a lot of uh, problems or a lot of questions from either their customers or their team. And that just, you know, it's not the case. Like if you're building your business so that you're supposed to know everything or do everything in the best way, um, it's going to be uh, a very hectic time for you. So uh, that's, you know, one of the the main misconceptions I would say, and, you know, how we address those. Um, I'm very intentional about in front of my clients. I want to establish my team members uh, as people who can do stuff and can do it better than me in some cases. And I think that's really important. So uh, that it it hypes up your team and it makes them feel valued as well. And, and your clients get a lot of good interactions with the team, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say have been your biggest learnings as an employer uh, since you began in business? <laughs> yeah, I'd say the biggest one is that like hiring and managing people is really hard. Um, it's something that uh, people don't really... Uh, understand the gravity of until they're kind of thrown in it. So, uh, you know, in talking to my clients, what typically happens is they're absolutely maxed out and they have no personal life and uh, money is tight, even though it's it's just them kind of grinding through work and uh, they need to bring somebody on. And they're like, I need a body with two feet and a heartbeat. And so they bring somebody on and they have no idea what is important for them in a team member. They have no idea how they're going to train this person. Uh, they have no idea as to what this person is actually going to do. They just know they need somebody to help them. And so I'd say my big, biggest learning as an employer is you need to be really intentional about, intentional about who you bring on the team and how you bring them onto the team because their experience is just as important as your experience in, in working with them. So yeah. uh, you know, one of the things that we've done recently is put a lot of thought into like our values as a company and how we're hoping to accomplish stuff in our client experience. And a lot of those things will inform how we interview for staff and how we bring staff onto the team. And then just, you know, building out uh, with people who are, are 
better than us in this area, but building out a, a staff onboarding process and making sure they're geared up to, to actually do the work once they're brought on. Yeah, absolutely. And that's an interesting way of approaching it. So when you talk about hiring staff, what qualities do you look for in your employees and, and how do you foster a positive and productive work environment, especially where everyone's remotely based? Yeah. So I'd say like hiring for a remote team is super difficult. Um, and you really need to have, like I said, you really need to have your, your values and, um, you know, what you're looking for, uh, very specifically laid out. Otherwise you're not going to have a good time when you're going through the hiring process. Um, for context, I did, uh, I used to work at a firm, uh, where in my role, I was responsible for hiring for a number of years and that was all very in person. So I'd never done remote hiring until I started Brightline a couple of years ago. Uh, and I thought, well, it's going to be the same, right? Uh, but it turned out to not be that way. So it was an interesting learning curve for sure. Um, some of the, the qualities that I look for, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, when they think of accountants, they think of number crunchers. And so you're looking for somebody like with the accounting education, with attention to detail, like somebody who is just really focused on, on grinding out numbers. Uh, some people might think of the a little account with the green visor sitting in the background with an yeah, abacus yeah. or a tape machine <laughs> or something like that. But, uh, you know, I think that more and more you'll find the accounting profession is evolving and it's evolving in a way that, uh, you know, clients are now leaning on their accountants for more than just like, give me my tax return or give me my financial statements. Uh, right. Sometimes you're a business therapist. Sometimes you're a coach. Uh, sometimes, you know, you're talking to them about uh, general business strategy or something like that. And so, you need to bring people onto the team who can fit into that role as well. Uh, so we look for all, you know, we look for attention to detail and, you know, we look for um, people with some accounting either experience or the educational background, but more and more, we're looking for really good communicators and people who are comfortable uh, talking with other people and interacting with other people. Uh, we're also looking for people who are very tech savvy because one of the you know the pillars of our of how we deliver our services, um, we like to rely on tech and automation where we can right. and use that to help enhance the human connection that we have with our clients. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a, a it's a very good way of approaching things, and it echoes through a, a bunch of the different interviews that we've had. So that that's tremendous that you guys are headed in the same direction. So when you talk about balancing your personal and your work life and the demands of running a business how do you kind of master that uh, i'm not going to profess to have mastered that and i think any business owner that says they have um i'd love to have a chat with them so if you can hook me up that'd be great um, but i think that's one of the hardest things about running a business is that you can very quickly become your business and it can be all consuming and you have to be really strategic and really intentional about how you uh, set the boundaries and how you delineate between the two aspects of your life. Um, one of the things that I've found to be really important is setting boundaries with your team and with your clients. And that doesn't mean like, you know, being really rude to them or not talking to them or, or, or something like that. Like, I think it can be done in a really uh, professional and respectable way so that uh, you know, for example, one of the things that we're working on right now is uh, we've hired somebody from a sales and tech background to help us with a formal sales process in the firm, but also doing some of our like documenting and formalizing some of our other processes. Right. And one of those is client onboarding, which is, I would say, um, you know, having worked in other accounting firms in the past, like that not 
not having a good onboarding process is how client relationships crumble. And so one of the things that we're trying to do in our onboarding process is define how this relationship is, is going to work. And we define that up front and we over-communicate it, or we're going to start over-communicating it so that people right. are aware of the boundaries, right? So, you know, these are the times when you can talk to us, uh, our team have personal lives, so we don't want you encroaching on that. We think everybody should be able to, to have their personal life as well. Absolutely. Um, so doing that is super important. Um, and doing that with your team as well. So, um, you know, I think that it's important that as a business owner, if you need to take some time, you need to disconnect from your business. And that means not being available for your team. Um, so I did something almost unthinkable two months ago. I went on vacation to Portugal. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I told my team, like, I'm in Portugal, I'll be drinking wine. Please don't contact me. Uh, see you when I get back. And, uh, it was great. You know, everybody respected that. And it also sets the expectation that they're allowed to do that as well. Absolutely. And that you don't expect them to be on the clock when they should be on vacation. Yeah. And as long as you have systems and the right people in place, then there's no reason not to walk away for periods of time. Right. So well, and that's exactly it. And, you know, for anybody listening, that's like, oh, that's really harsh. My business partner was still around too. So she was able to help them out. I didn't just leave them high and dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, uh, like leaving a puppy in a kennel for a long period of time. It wasn't that scenario. Everyone knows how to do it. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. They had some Absolutely. support. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So what would you attribute your growth to at your firm? Yeah. So, I mean, I think I'm really lucky to have found myself in an industry where uh, you can basically turn the tap on and off on growth uh, whenever you want. I think that as the industry's evolved, like I was saying, there's just like so many types of work and so many clients that are looking for different types of work that um, as an accountant, you can put your hand up and say, I'm an accountant, I'm open for work and you, just, the work just comes <laughs> to you, right? Absolutely. Um, so I think we're we're lucky in that sense. Uh, obviously, that's a double-edged sword to a degree. But um, you know, specifically for our firm, I think um, one of the things we can attribute our growth to is uh, our focus on the client experience. So yeah. I think if uh, you know, to anybody listening, I'm assuming uh, you know a lot of the people tuning in are are business owners, and you know, every business owner has has probably worked with an accountant in the past and understands the frustrations with that relationship. And certainly there's frustrations from the other side as well. And a lot of it is just because they're they're operating in this broken model that doesn't really focus on the client experience. And so one of the things we like to do is, is as we're making decisions within the firm, uh, ask how either how it enhances our relationships with our clients or how does it impact the client experience? And that can be stuff that's really trivial um, to stuff that obviously is a lot more intense, like um, building out a tech stack or the actual like steps in the service delivery process. We always ask how that, how that impacts the client experience. So yeah. I think that, you know, that's one of the, the, the reasons for our growth. Um, and, and I think the other thing is, you know, knowing that you can't do anything alone. So we've spent a lot of time developing a referral network and a community of other accountants, um, who have all been uh, a very crucial part of how we've grown the firm. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, seeking feedback and being receptive to it is one of the the key cogs in growth um, because you got to continually improve. So that's a yeah. good approach to everything. So, well, and, you think and that, sorry to, go ahead. to interrupt you there. Yeah, but I was just going to tie that back to what I was saying on like the common misconceptions about 
running a business, like you can't know everything and you're not the best person for everything. And so, you know, one of the things you can do to uh, address that misconception is to build your community um, and do it as early as you can, like find those people who are better at things than you and they don't have to be employees or like paid subcontractors or anything. But, you know, in my world, a lot of those people are other accounting firm owners and people might think that we're competition. But like I said, there's so much work out there that you have to lean on each other. Otherwise, nobody's going to get anything done. So like find that community and really, you know, lean on them as much as you can and, and be leaned on by them too. And that's, you know, the only way you can kind of move forward. Absolutely. So when you think back to a time three, four years ago before you started in business and knowing what you know now, what would you do all over again or differently <laughs> if you had to start again? Yeah, I, that's a that's a great question uh, because I think there's, uh, I don't want to say everything, but uh, a substantial amount of things we would probably do different. Um, you know, I describe uh, starting a business as basically just a comedy of errors. Um, you know, you're, n nobody really knows the 100% right answer and something that's the right answer for somebody else is not the right answer for you. Um, so you really just have to try stuff and see what sticks and make sure you're, you're trying things in a way that, um, if it does go sideways, it doesn't, you know, make things implode in a, in a critical way. So, um, you know, I think if looking back, if I was to pinpoint, like maybe one thing that I would do differently, um, I would put a lot more emphasis on the fluffy stuff. Um, yeah. As an accountant, especially like you, you come up in this world of like hard facts and logic and data um, and running a business is about, you know, what's in the bank account and how profitability is doing and your financial health. But the fluffy stuff is just as important. And for us, you know, we've gone through an exercise recently where we've had to really think about why we're doing what we're doing and how we want to do it and who we're doing it for. And that's resulted in us, you know, clearly defining what our goals are as a company, what our mission is, what our values are. And those things will trickle through your entire organization. And if you don't have them, you're just setting yourself up to fail. So it goes back to hiring. It goes back to service delivery. It goes back to who you're actually looking to bring on as a customer or a client. Um, and it was funny because we worked with an HR subcontractor from very early on who tried to get us to go through this exercise. And we kind of half-assed it and thought, you know, that's not important. We're here to make money. Um, right. So we did that. And then we just kind of forgot about all of those things we had documented. Um, but then we were preparing for, um, we do uh, quarterly town halls with our staff where we just talk about what's going on in the firm and how we're progressing uh, and, and changing. And for our first town hall, we were putting together uh, a list of all the big changes we had gone through because last year was a huge change year for us. And it was really refreshing because as we were putting those on paper uh, or into a slide deck, I guess, um, they were all tying back really nicely to those values and that mission we had kind of set up. So uh, we realized how important it was and how much you know that was actually defining our direction and how we were doing things. So yeah, if I had to do one thing, one thing differently, it would be to do that from the start and really stick to it because it's, it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, knowing where you're headed is 90% of the journey sometimes. Right. So, yeah. And then, and then also like knowing where you're headed and as you're getting there, document everything. Um, because one of the things we've noticed is like, as we brought staff on, it's super important to have all your process documented or, you know, it's going to be a struggle for you and a struggle for them. 
uh, to be able to to get the team operating at like peak efficiency. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So Don't Michael, um, as we're wrapping up here, any uh, last minute pieces of advice for anyone who's watching this, thinking about going into business for themselves? Oh yeah, that's great. Um, I mean, as far as advice goes, um, really think about why it is that you want to make that decision. I th I feel like a lot of people hop into the world of business ownership uh, from employment because they're frustrated with their current circumstance. They're frustrated by, you know, a bad boss or a bad working environment, or maybe they just don't connect with the, with the work that they're doing like they used to. And so they think, uh, you know, I'll go out on my own and that'll solve all the problems. But uh, it's, you know, it's not like business ownership is immediate financial freedom or immediate uh, work-life balance or, or anything like that. Um, so just like really think about why you want to do what you're doing and make sure that you're really passionate about it too, because if you're not, um, you'll quickly find you've created a job for yourself, um, with all the worst parts of having a job and all the worst parts of owning a business and, and not many of the perks. So, uh, yeah, definitely keep that in mind before you make that leap. Absolutely. Well, that's some good sound sign-off advice. So thank you so much for your time today, Michael. Uh, it was great meeting you and learning more about your entrepreneurial journey. To everyone watching, I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thanks so much, Barrett.